0: Welcome to the Rethinking Humanity podcast. I'm Lacey Delane. Hi, I'm Sonia Lorea. And we are here to talk to you today about how we can dig deeper into our humanity and knowing who we are, what makes us tick, what really makes us thrive, and how we can adjust our lives to accommodate that. Yes, we're excited about being here today and sharing our thoughts and ideas with you. So, thanks for listening. Sonia, um, tell me uh, a little bit about you. Uh, we have, we met each other, what, two years ago? I kind of want uh, the audience to know who we are a little bit. So, let's talk um, about
1: it. Well, I am, been, I've been in Atlanta for like 20 years, but I'm originally from Texas. Um, but I've been on the East Coast. And so, yeah, I would say I'm a Georgian now. And I met you in Philosophy Club, which was yeah. awesome. Yeah, we well. both seem to relate to the same
0: uh, issues, psychology and mm-hmm. philosophy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's been an amazing thing how we've built a great friendship. I think, you know, I remember the first time ever going to the meetup And, uh, and I I sat by you, there was an empty chair beside you. And I remember how kind you were, you were you like waved me over and told me, you know, yeah, you can come sit right here. (laughs) Never would I have imagined that we would be here two years later, with a great friendship and starting a podcast, which is awesome and crazy at the same time. But I think our conversations are incredibly um, interesting and enriching. And so I wanted to see if we could, share that with people and hopefully enrich
1: their lives. Absolutely. Um, my One of my first memories of meeting you, Lacey, was that we both liked books and you were going out to the parking lot and I told you about a book I was reading called Tribe and you went and got it and we both started talking about it, which yeah. actually has a lot to do with humanity and
0: I think even where we're at today, so... Absolutely, I remember that book and listening on audio to that book and us discussing it. So I think there'll be some things from that book that we end up discussing on the podcast. Sure, a hundred percent. Yeah, I'm excited. Cool. Yeah, me too. So first, we just want to start by talking a little bit about what's going on today in the world, and uh, we would be amiss if we didn't mention uh, COVID nineteen and the coronavirus. Um, obviously, it's something that has greatly impacted all of our lives, not only here in the United States, but across the globe. Uh, and it's an amazing global moment that we have right now. We we have something in common with everyone across the world. It's kind of this crazy thing that we've definitely not ever uh, experienced in our lifetime. No, I agree. And I think it's,
1: it's, as you said, very global. It's uniting people. Unfortunately, it's a tragedy. I actually thought about this today, Lacey. I thought a month ago, if I would have said, hey, Lacey, I'm going to meet you at a park sitting six feet
0: away from you, <laughs> having a glass
1: of wine, you would have said, what? You're crazy, girl.
0: Right, right. Well, and so, that's where that's the reality of where we are right now.
1: Yeah, it is, it is. And I think that's one of the reasons that we are here today talking about rethinking our humanity, because this is a point in time where people are actually having to pause and take notice
0: and change their lives. Absolutely. I mean, there's uh, no way I would be doing this podcast without this much time. Um, But I hope that what comes out of this is a, is a time of, of reflection on how we're living our lives. And is it really the most productive in the sense of, uh, of garnering a human um, spirit garnering the things that make us feel alive and some ways that we can change how we're doing things that would make things better for all of us. So I hope I, I'm the kind of person I, I try to see the positive in everything. I think, you mm-hmm. know, about me, like, Sonia. And um, so I think, you know, that's what I'm focusing on. That's kind of what's getting us through this. I think we both have been on this crazy sleeping schedule. I don't know if anybody else can relate to this. Oh yeah. It's like, you know, what, what is time now? <laughs> it's
1: it's really shifted. I know I sent someone a text the other day saying I don't know if it's Tuesday, Monday, Sunday right. because every day is the same and yes. we're living in a different kind of world and it's it's actually allowing some of us hopefully to have moments um mm. of silence of just not doing anything to rethink what we are doing because we're we're kind of thrown out of our obviously, daily routines.
0: Yeah, and I, I think it's also a situation where people are are learning and can learn about themselves. I mean, we are finally kind of slowed down enough mm-hmm. to, to, to go, wow, uh, I, I can listen to myself right now. I can uh, read a book and I can uh, think through something instead of being on autopilot. Uh, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we we don't have to feel guilty actually
1: about taking that time because a lot of us in a lot of cities are actually having to stay in because that is a requirement with social distancing and also being safe. So it is forcing us to to be with
0: each, you know, to be alone basically. Yeah, we are we're having to learn how to be alone. I was actually messaging with someone who's in the medical field. And telling him, I was like, I feel like I I could be doing so much more. Like, I feel like I would mm-hmm. like to help more. And he's like, I'm telling you, I promise, staying home is is the most powerful thing you can do. And I'm like, yeah, but I sometimes I just want to, I'm going insane. And I just want to like run well, and just go see people. You know. I'm so
1: glad you brought that up. Because I think in our culture, we have been taught to be productive. And being productive means doing something, and doing something means usually mm. not being in our homes. That's and so, so we are doing the right thing by obviously um, honoring the you know medical people, the nurses and doctors, and everyone on the front lines. So, I think the big message is to stay home if you're in a position that you can stay home.
0: Yeah, and uh, thank you, by the way, to all of <laughs> you who are out there, uh, all of you medical professionals people who are i know um, i know someone who is in the national guard who's been deployed to help with the crisis so we owe you a debt of gratitude and when i hit those walls and <laughs> i'm like so <"Soya>, yeah i just <laughs> want to get out of that house. and like I know. go have a coffee I with know. you in real per- in life i'm like okay no but right now i'm saving my life i'm saving other people's lives absolutely okay. yeah yes. and they're yes. they're
1: heroes they're heroes so we have to keep that in mind that we are, as you said earlier, uh, your friend said, yeah, absolutely. We're doing the right thing by staying in. And speaking of that, is is there any crazy crazy. thing that you've been able to
0: do while you've been? (laughs) 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 Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's a little crazy when you end up putting a, um, what is that? What are those things called? They're the, this, the things that you wear around your waist in a uh belly dancing class. <laughs> oh yeah 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 I, I put that up as a kind of like a curtain oh. in my okay. apartment because I was like I was going through all the stuff in my house and I'm like oh wait there's the stuff that I've gotten that I was going to use another times or like stuff that I was gonna hang on the wall and I'm like I'm gonna finish up doing some of this stuff you know and, right. and I'm like I want to use everything I have in the apartment for good you know, for <laughs> a purpose, if possible. And I'm like, wait a minute, I think I can use that and, and <laughs> put it over the window. <laughs> and I totally did. And it. it looks great.
1: <laughs> so, oh, that's cute. So ah, I think people yeah. are doing things like probably cleaning out their closets or organizing and maybe others aren't. But I know mm-hmm. I have been on more Zoom calls in my life in one week <laughs> I know,
0: right? than I ever imagined. So yeah, it's I mean, a, it's, a,
1: it's a change.
0: <laughs> Who knew you could have such a wonderful time having a beer with your friend through Zoom? Who knew? Yeah, exactly. And then now
1: the new terminology is social distancing, right? That wasn't really in our vocabulary.
0: No, it sure was. And now it is. It so is. It'll be interesting to see how long this lasts. Yes. Yes. For sure. But I think we're going to come out of it uh, better. And I I choose to believe that for sure. So I
1: agree. I agree.
0: Yeah, so let's move into our main discussion points. So um, what I wanted to talk about today, what Sonia and I wanted to talk about today um, is a, a theme from a book called uh, To Have or To Be by Erich Fromm. Erich Fromm is a German psychoanalyst and philosopher. Uh, He's born in the 1900s um, and he wrote this text in 1976. Um, and he's been talking about these themes that apply today in such an incredible way since the fifties and forties and that kind of thing. So, um, one of the things that he talks about is the meaning of profit and when something is profitable and how we got from that actually meaning financial, uh, Oh, I'm sorry, from that actually meaning like for your well-being to it only meaning to us uh, profitable in the financial sense.
1: Now, true. I wanted to make a comment that um, when I met you, Lacey, you raved about Fromm and always quoted him and the book, which got me very excited. So I followed your lead and started reading him. And it's just amazing how his words are so timely today. You wouldn't believe that this was written, you know, in the '50s. That it's actually just so relevant today. So I really appreciate that, and I think anybody who goes out there and picks up the book will be so excited because mm-hmm. the the ideas are profound and they're. I just can't say how important it is to hear his words in the world we're living in currently.
0: So I want to just
1: plug that right there. Yeah,
0: for sure, it's amazing. Well, speaking of his words, let me read Mm -hmm. uh, a quote from the book and one we are kind of speaking of when we think of the word prophet. And this is from um, the introduction and and the quote is, is the theory that the aim of life is the fulfillment of every human desire was clearly voiced by philosophers in the 17th and 18th centuries it was the it was a concept that would easily arise when profit ceased to mean profit for the soul but came to mean material monetary profit so he's saying that the word profit now doesn't mean profit for the soul anymore where it did in the past and you know this is 18th 19th century where this shift happened so you know the word profit Uh, being something that has to do with our well-being um, is just not something that comes to mind when you think of the word profit. Correct. And when I think of profit, and I would say
1: that I'll speak for most of us growing up in the Western world, we definitely look at it from a monetary standpoint and we think of the profit of a company or the profit that I can make in my job or we're always looking at that bottom line profit. And I would argue that it's an economic uh, you know statement that we're we're driven to be quote unquote profitable. So then you have to say, well, how do you define, you know, a profit of a human being? And that's what From I think has us look at. Yeah. Like our is our value just economic?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll, I can connect that to an event in my life. Um, I recently worked on Andrew Yang's presidential campaign, and obviously, campaigns end. And when yay. they end, yay! <laughs> well, yay, yay, and boo! But yay, they have to end, right? Which yeah. I'm, I'm glad to be home. That's why you're saying yay. And, um, um, but but when they end, like you know, you don't have a job anymore, right? And so I remember coming home after the job ended, and I'm like. I don't have a job right now. I feel pretty useless. I feel pretty worthless. And knowing like a job, getting a job is not something that happens overnight. It takes time. Mm -hmm. And so it's not like I can, you know, obviously we're in a different phase now with COVID-19 and all that stuff. And me looking for an event planning job is kind of, you know, not going to happen in the next couple (laughs) months. But the point is, is that I'm in a place where I come home and I'm like, I don't feel valuable right now because I don't have a job and I need one and then I'm trying to find that and but in the midst of that I don't feel valuable at all and so how do we get from point A to point B I'm not worth anything the way that we do our system right now mm-hmm. because I don't have a job but I need to get to that point so that I am worth something and the, and the reality of the whole thing is of course, I'm I'm worth something. I'm a human being. I have other talents other than right. what I would use in the marketplace. And so, you know, the, the profitable part of that is just for my own well-being, not having a job might be great, but not necessarily not for, for the market. For I the think market. you.
1: Yeah. What you're talking about is the market. And I think that's what drives us is the market. And then it just it, it creates us as these just economic uh, standards. Like, are you, you know, are you being productive? Like From does talk about, like you become part of this bureaucratic machine. Are you producing? What are you doing? And it really takes away the value of being human. I know that I was in sales and I don't want to criticize people in sales. I mean, it can be a great job, but one of the problems in sales is they always look at, are you making money for the company? Are you is it profitable? And so it's a never ending sort of treadmill that you're on. Mm. And I recognize that and said, Well, you know, where does this end? And to your point, Lacey, then if your well being is challenged, meaning you're not happy, or you're working crazy hours, or you're selling something you don't believe in, then you have to take a step back from that.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, much harder to do, because it's like, okay, well, you know, I start working with this company and I end up doing sales and maybe I've never done sales before. And then I get into it and I hate it and I'm not good at it. But guess what? (laughs) It doesn't matter. No, I know. I have to do something to make a living. And so you end up having people who stay in these fields and just maybe they are, they don't don't enjoy it, but they don't do a good job or they're not enjoying it. Right. They're just going through the motions because they need Have an income exactly. I think there's a term for that,
1: like called golden handcuffs, where people feel they have to stay in those situations due to family, due to other responsibility. And that's what's sad about the society that we have created this world that that's what is valued. And I think there, that's where from I'm really attracted to his ideas because he does look at that as being sort of the downfall of humanity, I'd say. Or one of them,
0: maybe. Yeah, definitely one of them. Um, well, I think it's also understanding um, that that's not where your value comes from. He gives this example in a interview that he does with Mike Wallace. This was in uh, May of 19 and uh, the 50s, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he says, the way we orient ourselves towards each other is as if we're things. Each of us are a thing. Um, We have to market ourselves to get a job for the most part, most people. Some Mm -hmm. people don't, but most people do. Like if I'm going to go get a job as an event planner, I have to be able to have a resume that makes me sellable. That makes me. And so we're trying to sell ourselves on this market and we've made ourselves into things. Well, guess what? Yes. Guess what? If the thing that I am, that I represent doesn't uh, hold value in the market anymore, I'm not valuable anymore. Just And the example he uses is if I make purses and then people all of a sudden stop carrying purses, then Then purses that I'm not valuable and purses aren't valuable. And that doesn't mean I'm, that just means that the thing that I was able to put out is not valuable anymore. So it's a, it's a trick. Yeah. And let me ask you in your life,
1: have you encountered where people, um, think the way you do about this idea? Or would you say that it's sort of a radical idea? Or what is your
0: experience? It feels like I found some people, but the majority of people, I don't feel like think that way. Right. I would agree.
1: What I would say is I think intellectually people could understand this concept, but I don't think we necessarily live it You know, on a day-to-day basis, like someone may say, yeah, you're right. Uh, Human beings shouldn't be seen as commodities, just what you were saying, or, you know, the value in the marketplace. But do we have a society that supports that? Mm -hmm. No. You know, we don't have, I mean, do we have a society that um, doesn't support that, I guess, is better Mm -hmm. said. Yeah.
0: Right. Well, I think it's hard to slow down enough to take the time to even think about that. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I mean, we're so busy. We're so busy. When do people have time to think about that?
1: No, they don't. Because to your point, they're they're still having to survive. So they're part of that cog in the wheel that has to keep going and going. Mm-hmm. And um, it's challenging. Yeah, it's, it's, that's why I think that the, the podcast Rethinking Humanity is actually, we have to start rethinking other systems, other ways to be in the world.
0: Yeah. And, and From actually talks about that a little bit in the introduction, too. Uh, At the very end, he talks about how little time and money has been invested in finding other ways to do society, just researching other ways we could orient our society and build it Mm -hmm. to to accommodate humanity, which one of the reasons I was very, very taken by Andrew Yang's platform, because that's what he's kind of trying to do with human centered capitalism. And Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, like you know, we haven't taken the time and the energy to invest in creative ideas of how can we shift? How can we make this shift in a way that we can actually enjoy live our lives more and uh, be more productive? Not in the sense of doing something, but in the sense of being.
1: Yeah, and you know, I watched that Mike Wallace interview. So at the end, he does ask him, "Well, what are your ideas?" Of course. They're not going to go into the whole thing on the interview. And so I recommend people uh, watch that on YouTube. But what I would say is that he from um, talks about his book, Sane Society, where Mm -hmm. I believe there are some ideas, which again, there has not been research, like you're saying, to actually look at what are our options Mm -hmm. to create a better, you know, world and environment that doesn't make us be, you know, in this just marketable, uh, Marketable units as we might want to call ourselves. Yeah,
0: it reminds me of a book that I've started but have not finished um, Island by Aldous Huxley Mm -hmm. and it's about uh, his it's kind of like the antithesis to brave new world, which is um, the you know, not that's a dark future and this is like how it could be if we redid things and lived in a way that we all would flourish, you know, built a society that was cause us all to flourish. And so um, that's one, again, like I started it, but I haven't ever, have you ever read it, Sonia?
1: I have heard of the author, but I haven't read it. That's one that I definitely want to put on the list. And when mm-hmm. you talked about flourish, I was going to say that um, there's another quote that I wanted to throw out here is, we are society of notoriously unhappy people, lonely, mm. anxious, depressed, destructive, dependent, people who are glad when we have killed the time we are trying so hard to save.
0: Wow. I love that quote. Bomb dropping up in here. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> this is I love from. Let me tell you something. Whenever I first found out about this guy and I really realized how brilliant he was, I was like, I got to find out if this guy has kids because I need to take his son or his grandson or whatever. He he was he was an only child and he never had kids. So, oh, "Oh, wow.
1: (laughs) That's that's Uh, unfortunate. But that's a powerful uh, quote, one that I can definitely relate to.
0: Yeah. Well, Um, I think we've seen uh, depression skyrocket in this country, um, mm -hmm. at least in the last 20 years, I would say.
1: Yes. And I didn't realize till I started kind of tuning into that, that um, just a statistic to throw out to you is about a half of Americans have stated that they have felt lonely at some time and uh, depression ha- is on the rise in our country. Um, and so it makes you think because we're also at a time where we have a lot of uh, degrees of affluence, meaning there's running water, food, you know, shelter, so, what is causing that sense of isolation and loneliness? Mm-hmm. Have you ever had experience of depression or
0: loneliness? Are you kidding me, girl, <laughs> come on, you know it. Okay. I mean, here's the okay. thing: I think it's it's like a faux pas to to say that. Mm-hmm. And there's this stigma. taboo, right? It's a taboo, and and it's like there's a stigma around mental health and not feeling good. Like we're just supposed to fucking feel good all the damn time. Well, guess what, that's not reality, especially the way we're living our lives now. And I think if we can wake up to that fact, we can start, that's the first step to getting to the place where we go, you know, we don't have to live like this. We can Mm -hmm. build this society. We can build the rules of capitalism. We can build uh, the way we, our culture in a way that like it accommodates us. Cause at the end of the day, what is it all about? Is it exactly. about the money or is exactly. it about the humanity? True, I think that's that's a very
1: good point. Um, I would say that a lot of us feel isolated, even individuals who have quote unquote on externally active lives because we are so, we've been sort of in this world where we're taught to be independent. So we have this illusion that we're not dependent on one another where really mm. we are.
0: So true. So you know we're so
1: interdependent, and I think this crisis is showing us that that what happens on the other side of the world is going to affect us. Yes, and we really need to look at that and and also, um, I would throw out another term here that I think is powerful is social capital. Mm. Uh, I think we don't recognize how important it is to have support systems, whether it's friends, family, mm. organizations. And that's been lost through, you know, well, through our uh, evolution, which is interesting.
0: Um, yeah. It reminds me of Tribe, how mm-hmm. from the book, he, they talk about how he's, there's many uh, soldiers that come home from war and then they don't want to be home. They miss, right. they miss, and we're like, what? And it's yeah. because they felt more connected in a group. And uh, like they were working towards something together with a group of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about the way we live our lives, Many of us, even when we're in public with people, what are we doing? We're on our phones, you know, true, we're not true. paying attention to each other. And so it's a it's a it's a thing that it garners depression and isolation. And so I think wanting that tribe, wanting that connection, mm-hmm. it points to a, a lack that we have in our society w- when it comes to community.
1: Yeah. And I think it's so uh perfect that you're saying this because here's the reality in these situations of crisis that we're in now. And even when we've had like the hurricanes and other, uh, crises in our country, it's interesting how people in these moments of, um, you know, tragedy become, there's a, there's a level of solidarity. And to your point about the war, they miss that. It's like now with these, you don't want to have a crisis, but unfortunately those crises bring people together and yeah. they're act- they are actually feel a sense of purpose and that they're doing something yes. where our day-to-day lives, that, that disconnection mm-hmm. and that just going about our business and going to our jobs and doing mm-hmm. our daily routines, you, I think one loses meaning of how one is living, right?
0: Yeah. And it's difficult when the work that we do, we're, we're really alienated kind of from the work that we do in a lot of ways because m- many of us most of us are doing a job for someone else mm-hmm. right so like the intention the motive behind what we're doing we could enjoy it or we could not mm-hmm. but but the point of us going to do it is something that we're deeply emotionally m- detached from it's like i'm doing mm-hmm. this because i have to because why because i have to have a job right i have to have money mm-hmm. and so uh it's it's kind of a Empty feeling in a
1: lot of ways. Right. And to your point, I think so when you're in these moments, like when you're in a war or when you have a purpose, you actually, I think at times, see an action. You're doing something and you see a result. Say you're rescuing someone. Say you're bringing food. Say you have a plan and a purpose. Where to your point, these other jobs, you're not even seeing the result. It's you may just be typing in numbers in a computer. Mm -hmm. and it Mm -hmm. feels meaningless and maybe there is some meaning in that work but it is harder to be connected to
0: those types of jobs and I've seen and heard um, in some books and I believe from talks about this too about how when you when you're working on something and you take away uh, being able to see it from start to finish you do Mm -hmm. take away the satisfaction that you can get from doing the thing so If you compare building a table, you built the table all Mm -hmm. itself and you get to go from this is what it was before to this is what it is now. And then you, you know, change that to I'm the girl in the factory that's putting the table, the legs on the table as they go down (laughs) the runway. That's not nearly as satisfying as if I'm the one making the table from start to finish. I see how it progresses and what it becomes. I think as human beings, we need to, f- to have that sense of I'm I'm creating something and I'm seeing something through the process from beginning to end because when right. you just go in your one cog like you said in the machine it can be it's it can be very depressing because you just don't know how you fit into the hole right I think it's
1: very demoralizing and I think we we just we live also where where. We don't have that tribal sense of unity. A lot of people are displaced in different parts of the country. And I think when you do create your community, a lot of times people have to move because of their job. Mm-hmm. So there we go, the loneliness. It's a bit, its a cycle. So we have to start looking at other ways to create that community mm. and to create a world that supports human beings as opposed to just the market.
0: Yeah. Uh, one of the cool solutions that I've heard of um, is co-housing. We've talked about this before, Sonia. Um, and actually, I believe there is a community in the Atlanta area that's co-housing. But the idea behind co-housing is a community of homes built on the same piece of land where people share the space, but also, you know, they come together on on a nightly basis and share the responsibilities of meals and um, cooking and cleaning and that kind of thing. And what they are able to do is they're able to have community in a more connected space where if you're living alone in an apartment, the, you know, the ability to interact with people is, is way different than in a co-housing community like that.
1: So I know you would love to do that Lacey. Yeah, <laughs> um, good. And how about friends and people that, you know, what are their thoughts about that kind of living space?
0: You know, I think that's an interesting question because I just don't think that they've thought through that possibility. I I think it speaks to how ingrained we are in our current way of living.
1: Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. I Mm. would
0: say probably most people I know would say,
1: well, no, I'd really prefer to have my own space. I'd really prefer to, you know, manage my own environment. Mm -hmm. But I would push back because this crisis is showing me that having a support system, You know, for the elderly, for example. Yeah. If there was that co-housing, you would have someone who could get their groceries. That's right. You would have someone that could go to the pharmacy. Um, The isolation, you know, you would probably have people that you could play the guitar with or have conversations with. So Mm -hmm. we miss out a lot when we're choosing to just shut the door and live
0: alone, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. We need that community. And we are hyper focused on independence to the point where we have lost the opportunity to feel the, the feelings, the beautiful uh, connection that comes along with interdependence. I mean, it's insane to think anybody does anything alone. We don't <laughs> We live no. in a world. I mean, what I do affects you and it affects the next guy, but somehow we, we don't think that.
1: No, I know. I think it's just that we sort of have lived in this bubble and assume that these things magically appear the goods we have, the services we have. And to your point, and like I said, this the COVID 19 is showing us that is not the case. I do think it's going to be an opportunity for us to shift our thinking. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I'm not sure how that's all going to come about, but I believe that we are empowered actually to to start making those changes. And that's one of the reasons I'm excited about talking to you on this podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, me too. This has been really fun. And um, wow, like even <laughs> much more fun than I than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. I would
1: love to hear what other people think. Uh, I would love to hear their comments or challenges or, hey, I agree with you or no, I think you guys are crazy or whatever. It would just be cool to get feedback from the general public you
0: know yeah absolutely guys if you're listening to this (laughs) um, you can through our um, anchor platform you can go in and do a voice comment and leave a voice comment for us and what's cool is we can play it during the show and we'll um, use that in our next episode and just kind of chat with um, with each other around your ideas We love ideas and hearing from other people. That's why we met in a uh, philosophy meetup group. And it's crazy how uh, different everybody is in the group. It makes it a lot of fun. Um, So we love hearing, give us the pushback, you know, give us the, uh, uh, we disagree, because we love that. But most of all, we, we, we love hearing from you.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to throw in there because I'm a big reader, and so Lacey, if you guys know any good books oh, that you yeah. could lead us towards, tell us the titles, because I want to read about them, you know?
0: Absolutely. Uh, we're book lovers. Uh, <laughs> I've read several of the books that I've read have been because Sonia was like, Lacey, you can read this <laughs> book. So I'm we're, we're thankful for that. So we are going to see you guys uh, next time. Um, We hope to hear from you. We appreciate you listening. Hope that it was an enjoyable um, podcast. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. This was fun. Yay. Thank you, guys. Stay safe out there.